Podcast world, what's up? This life ain't for everybody. Another country music episode. Hannah Damn Dasher. I love this girl. She's uh, been working her tail off. She's got new music coming out. She's been named Rising Star of Music City for 2022. She's opening for Hank Jr. and Reba and touring with big names, Eric Church. She's just got it, man. Her songwriting, her personality, her stage presence, her wit, her cleverness, her voice, her guitar playing on her Fender. Fender. She's just a great American human being from the state of Georgia. Jack Daniels, thank you so much for being the title sponsor. Enjoy it responsibly. Never, ever allow underage drinking. We truly appreciate our relationship with the one and only Tennessee Sour Mash Whiskey, the iconic Jack Daniels, old number seven. Thank you so much. This episode of This Life Ain't For Everybody is also brought to you by Resist All Hats. Come on. We're getting Western country, Western music, Chris Ledoux style. I know Hannah Dasher loves Chris Ledoux, and we're so proud to be partnered with Resist All Hats, Cactus Ropes, Cactus Saddlery, Helomatic, the entire Hatco company. Thank you, Dustin and Sadie and Mary Jane, the entire company. Resist All Hats. They're the best. I promise you, we look sharp in them. The straws, the felts. Can't wait for NFR 2022. Las Vegas in December. We'll be there with Resist All. We're going to be watching the bull ride in the saddle bronc, the bear back, the bulldogging, the barrel racing, the calf roping, the team roping. We're truly proud of our relationship with Resist All Hats. And this episode, last but not least, is brought to you by American Almond Beef. The ribeyes, the New Yorks, the fillets, the sirloins, the ribs, the Asian cut ribs, the briskets, the bone-in tomahawk ribeyes, and the hamburger, the world-famous American Almond Beef Burger. Cheeseburgers, hamburgers, spaghetti sauces, enchiladas, taco bars. It's unbelievable the taste, the sweetness, the texture. We got it going on with AAB. So proud to be partnered with them straight out of California, USA, America, Northern California, that is American almond beef. It's the proprietary blend of food. It's the way these cattle and steer are raised, the way they're slaughtered and butchered and processed, USDA approved, packaged. It's legit. Get your order in today at AmericanAlmondBeef.com. Check out the new AAB commercial on episodes of The Foul Life, season 14, airing right now. Benelli's The Foul Life, airing right now exclusively on the Outdoor Channel. You'll hear one of our our great, great, great family members, Uncle Mel, as the voiceover of American Almond Beef's new commercial. Again, Hannah D. Dasher, This Life Ain't For Everybody, brought to you by the one and only iconic Tennessee Sour Mash Whiskey, Jack Daniels, Old Number 7, The Gentleman Jack, The Single Barrel, The Sinatra, The Gold, The Flavors, and Tennessee Fire, and Tennessee Apple, and Tennessee Honey, The Bonded, The Triple Mash. They got it. Every drop of it's made in Lynchburg, Tennessee, and every drop of this podcast with my good friend, country music singer, songwriter, superstar, on her way up. And she's also working with us at The Provider. Check her out on TikTok, Instagram, Stand By Your Pan. Her recipes, I'm talking... This girl's got it going on. I hope y'all enjoy Hannah D. Dasher. Take us away, Brent Cobb. Actually, you know what? We're going to go into this podcast with a Hannah D. song. Let's go in with a 90s breakup song. Right now, Hannah D. Dasher. Hope y'all enjoy it. If this was a 1990s heartbreak.
Yeah, it's just a, it's just really cool that they've gone to that format because it just seems like, you know, when you have individual bull riders going against each other every week that it's just, you know, another ride for all of them and they're kind of supporting themselves and they got the guys in the shoots. But this team deal is really, it's really cool to see all these professional bull riders. Some of them are three-time, two-time world champions and they're high-fiving their comp- that usually people that would have been their competition, but now they're their teammates. Oh, it's a blessing. I just literally had a Kaiki Pacheco, uh, and, uh, who is the team captain of the Nashville Stampede, but their youngest signee, uh, Jackson Mortensen, who was full of personality. They were just over here at the house. We used some of that provider life, uh, seasoning on those bull testicles, bull fries that I fried up. Kaiki yeah. and I would not, he wouldn't try them and I wouldn't swallow. I couldn't swallow them, but they smelled you delicious. You couldn't eat them? Man, and, and I, you know, I pride myself being a decent cook. Um, I mean, I, I tried it, but I just because you know I saw the process and they were like they're yellow in color, and um, you know I sliced them around so that they would be pretty on camera, that they looked like like the size of oysters. Right. But uh, the first time I've eaten them before, but they were sliced in small slivers. So h- how do you guys do it when y'all are uh, steering them? How do y'all do it when y'all right there on, in the grass? The most important thing is thin slice you know like when you once you get them once you get the membrane out and you get them cleaned up and you get them on the grease and the in the rub on or whatever you're doing in the oil yeah i you just have to make sure that you thin slice them because they'll they'll like take on a texture of like a like a piece of raw octopus i don't know if you eat octopus at all but it's really good but the texture throws people off because it can come across as rubbery it can come across as like snaps in your teeth. Livery, you know? yeah. Yeah, yeah well. Chicken liver, gizzardy. Yeah, yeah, gizzardy, kind of like gizzardy, yeah. But, and these, and, and testicles can too, but they're just, the, the best way to do them is, is when they're fresh. There's just, there's just no doubt about it. Now, I, there's places like that I've come across in my travels, like there's a place in Severance, Colorado, which is on the front range up the I-25 corridor north of Denver in between Denver, Colorado and Cheyenne, Wyoming. And this place wow. is called this place is called Bruce's Bar, and it's world famous. It says where the geese fly and the bulls cry because it's full of Canada geese, and a ton of hunters go there. Canada goose hunting is very prevalent on the Front Range of Colorado. But then this place, Bruce's Bar, specializes in Rocky Mountain oysters, and 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 then in Nevada, where I live, our just a li- between us and our state capital, Carson City is a silver mining town back in the day it's called virginia city and it's an old cowboy town you can go up there to like the bucket of blood saloon and really cool old-fashioned bars like you would find in somewhere like deadwood it's kind of like deadwood south dakota over by sturgis which i just got back from also i need to tell you about that but is this um, where the donkeys roam free there's somewhere i just played with justin moore a few months ago that where the donkeys it's a town outside of vegas the donkeys roam free it's an old abandoned mining town but there are people that still live there is it that. Yeah, that's that's gold. That's Goldfield where the donkeys roam free. But that's that's in between where I'm at in Vegas. And I was with okay. just I was with Justin on that run and he played up here and he was uh, we were talking about all of, all of the old mining towns and everything in this area. But that that town of Virginia City has the Rocky Mountain Oyster Festival. It's it's like literally like just a street lined with vendors that are cooking them their style and you can go through and try them all out. And, you know, they're. The, those are mainly sheep nuts that they do at that one, though. They're not, they're not bulls. They're, and those I are say, good, too. I would too. eat that. I would eat yep. that. The, the, the bull testicle, when I cut, and I had these things airship from some really nice man, and uh, that he got them, uh, I don't know where I, where he was from, but he found some. He found a fresh pair. 
for me <laughs> in Memphis or Jackson, Tennessee, and then airshipped them. They were shipped to me on dry ice. And uh, yeah, and so, but I had to freeze mine because I had to leave town for a couple of days. So my assistant took them out of the fridge and all. So I don't know if that changed the consistency, but I flash boiled them. And then uh, I had Kaiki and Jackson cut them out of the membrane and they had, and they were yellow and they had this kind of an odor. And I thought, well, so, I mean, and I soaked them in buttermilk and hot sauce for just a little bit, but there's yeah, that. Tenderization and thin slicing is everything when you start dealing with bulls and steers and that in that part of the rocky mountain oyster tradition of i mean you, if you think about it you could flat you could deep fry anything and pretty much make it taste good and most yeah. restaurants that have rocky mountain oysters deep fry them like that's that's um what was i just eating just now i was just eating some things that that had that reminded me of eating gizzards and i don't remember what they were I, they were a wild I game I, I can't even think of. but I, you know gizzards and stuff like that are really good but a lot of people can't get past the consistency or the texture of them or that chalky feel or whatever you're you know whatever you get in your mouth when you eat them but a lot of people will will deep fry testicles and i just think that it's kind of a a, a cop out like if you need to get rid of them and you have to eat them and you want to fry them that's fine but there's a lot better ways to do it with have you ever eaten at uh what would be termed as a basque restaurant do you ever heard of you ever heard about ever heard of basque settlement so they there was there was there was french in Spanish Basque settlements of sheep herders over in Europe that came over here. And we have a huge settlement of them in this part of the United States um, where they still run their sheep today on wild lands or BLM lands, Bureau of Land Management lands. Yeah. And you, okay. you can, you can go up and we'll specialize in like making sure that we manage the coyotes around the sheep herds, you know, like we will hunt a front in front of them or behind them and call in the coyotes that are trying to attack all of these sheeps. But these settlements, they were known for family-style dining, but they were also known for eating every single part of every animal they killed. Mm. So when you go into a place like we have a place called the Star in Elko, Nevada, we have Ormachias in Winnemucca, Nevada. Right here in Reno, we have Louis Bass Corner, which is very famous for the locals. I just I took Anna there for the first time two weeks ago. I love and her. We had beef tongue. She told me to tell you say beef hello tongue. this morning. Yes. So they have, we have beef tongue, we have tripe, which is the stomach lining, yep. the lining of yep. a stomach. Then they have the, um, oh man, I don't, don't give me line. They have that and they also have the, uh, now I can't even think of the name of the gland, not the adrenal gland, but the other gland in a cow's throat. What is it called? I've, I've been it. out of anatomy a long time. I, I didn't take anatomy class, man. I didn't need it. <laughs> really? You knew everything about the body? All right, all that. Good Lord. No, I, I grew up, obviously, just outside of Savannah, Georgia. And Daddy always talked about butchering day growing up. And we had friends that had animals. And we, we've got a friend that's got a walk-in refrigerator. They've got hogs and, you know, and cows that they uh, they butcher regularly. We want fresh bacon. We know where to get it. And, uh, you know, it's nothing new to people. The old people would like hash, which would have, some of it would have hog brains in it, if you will. And so, you know, us young kids are kind of turned off by some of that. But if you grew up eating it, I mean, it's good eating and there's lots of iron in it. And anyway, yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to go on with that. No, it's, I, I, I love that. And I think I was thinking of the thymus gland. So inside a cow's throat is another gland called the thymus and they rip that out and it's unreal, Hannah. Like they, they flash fry it. They put it with bell pepper and onions and garlic. Yum. You can get a sauce with it, but um again anna she'll eat she'll eat we ate raw sushi last night she's fine with that but when she tried one of these sweetbreads, she did not like the texture of it 
It reminded her of that gizzard or that liver feel. Um, but they're amazing. They freaking taste amazing. So we have we have all sorts of that kind of culinary flair where well, I, I grew love up. that. I don't, I don't want to waste an animal. I mean, I, it, it kills me when I see somebody throwing away rotisserie chicken that they've deboned, still got all that meat and goodness still left on it. I mean, I don't believe in being wasteful. You can look at me and tell I don't believe in that. <laughs> oh, stop it. Oh, yeah. And I, I mean, there's so much rendering you can do with the fat and the skin and then boil, you know, making broth out of all the carcasses oh. and, and all that. There's so much that you can get into. And, and that's kind of where we were going with that provider cookbook is like, be unorthodox. Think outside the, the box, you know, a little bit of like, what can you, how creative can you get with your meals? And that's what I love about stand by your pan is like, oh. y'all, y'all throw down and you could do a good job of showing people that cooking can be fun, but it can also be creative, right? You can throw your own spin on whatever you want. Yes. How many of my followers, you know, are just good old country people like Alabama, Texas, uh, Georgia, whatnot, that uh, have a lot of deer meat or elk uh, in the freezer and they don't know what to do with it. I mean, a buddy of mine in Kentucky, he's like, you know, he shoots, you know, the Boone and Crockett deer every year, if you will. But he's like, I, just, I can only eat so much venison sausage. You've got any great ideas. And I told him about this, the stuffed bell pepper recipe that Hillary and I did with Hank's deer and, uh, which would be great with elk and holy cow. I mean, I, I found myself craving it last week. Um, so I'm gonna make it again as a meal prep. These recipes are pretty healthy in here too. Um, and these seasonings are just, I mean, you could put it on a dog turd and, some of that provider season and make it taste good. <laughs> and and you'll be fired up to know that we just approved our, let me show you this. This is the um the label that's gonna be for our mother clucking chicken rub. It's good. So oh. we're gonna Oh, we got a poultry rub coming. Yep. So we have we have like uh several rubs, like the the covey is a very good poultry rub or the dragon on chicken wings. But a lot of people are associating the the original 10 rubs with wild game. So now we have this coming out, the mother clucking chicken rub, and that's the label for it. And today I'll have the brand new label for the new beef rub that's called the brand. And it's going to be a sizzling brand coming off of a hide, you know, of a steer. And, and, um, well, that crosshairs, you know, uh, that don't get confused, listeners. The, uh, the crosshairs is excellent in that, uh, that pasta salad, any kind of, or potato salad, any kind of a, uh, or a chicken salad. I mean, it's it's great on venison, but the dill that's in there, it's just the perfect complement for uh, cold dishes like that. Even some deviled eggs. Uh, I would oh, sprinkle some. It's really, really good. That's what I was just going to say is deviled eggs with the crosshairs and, and then cheeseburgers and hamburgers. It's the best burger rub there is, I promise you. Well, uh, you speaking of provider, Chatty Bug, I'm fixing to go all out with this. Uh, I'm going to close out summer, if you will. I've, I've got a fall recipe I'm going to do this month, I guess for Labor Day. Uh, I'm trying to do goose. But uh, but for my end of summer, kind of a thing, I'm dressing like the old Captain Jack Sparrow. <laughs> Are you really? Caribbean, new Caribbean shrimp recipe for my new provider video. It's going to be interesting. <laughs> you're going all out. I, 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 just met, I just mentioned I was at Sturgis and our last day. Have you heard of this band? I know you had to have because they're Nashville-based. David Graham? Oh. And the Eskimo mm -hmm. Brothers? I can't say, are they, are they, they're Nashville based or not out West? They're Nashville based. David Graham and the Eskimo brothers. I cannot say that I've heard of David Graham and that, where do they frequent? I have no idea. If they play the, a lot downtown, then I wouldn't be as familiar with them. Uh, but no, if, yeah, they, they're, uh, if they they're got out, some, they got some major tours. They're getting ready to go to Europe, but I watched them. And this dude, this dude is legit, 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 like legit. Yeah. David, like, I gotta write that down. You got it. You take a you take a, a mix of like the stray cats made love to Dwight Yoakam, 
and and then and then and then Hank Seniors in there somewhere. Like this cat oh, is right. like this cat is like you out of anybody will love this guy's talent in this band. I mean, the bassist is playing a stand-up bass. The drummer is literally like Neil Pert and Rush. I mean, he can rip the skins. And then this this kid, David Graham. I don't know if he's a kid. He's probably in his thirties, but. I'm talking like legit talent. So anyway, the reason I brought them up is that they're playing this show and Captain Jack, this biker at the Sturgis bike rally I just came back from, I was up there for five days with Jack Daniels and this dude's all decked out like Captain Jack and he comes out on the dance floor, swing dancing like a maniac, throwing around these these biker chicks around the dance floor and but yeah, that's gonna be cool to see you dressed up like a pirate. Are you gonna have Holy a Holy cow! Well, I hate that he beat me to it, but I'm just tickled that he's got uh, as much personality and confidence or testicles speak enough to pull that off yeah it was it, well, this 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 wasn't the band this was just some biker dude that said you know what i'm dressing up like a pirate tonight and i'm going all out but yeah i can't wait to see you do that but check out that band david graham and the eskimo brothers david and, graham and the eskimo brothers i'm actually gonna write that down i gotta tweak my uh my johnny depp uh captain jack wig it looks more like uh share 1980 share stuck her finger in a socket Oh but really? I like just put some finishing touches on it, but I, honey, it's, it's gonna be good. That Caribbean shrimp recipe, man, with the pineapple oh. and the bacon and the jalapenos. I mean, I'm picky. I'm opinionated, as you know. I'm a country singer uh, first before I'm a cook, but I, I love to cook. I love to eat, and uh, but I've got to say, this provider cookbook is. I mean, it's really one of the best cookbooks that I've ever received. It is. The recipes are they're very well done. And uh, and the the pictures and just the whole uh, and and it's more than just recipes. Like I said, it tells you how to butcher a goose in there. I love yeah. it. Yeah, we wanted to do a lot of that from filled the table. Of it's got some nutrition tips or fitness tips from Chad Mendez. How to call a duck. How to process and butcher. How to you know how to get it from filled the table really. But I'm I'm fired up that you love it. On that note, um, write write down a note for me and you to talk after when you're writing right now of the oyster bed. Do you, do you have a format of high heat? Do you have like a propane burner or anything that can get real hot? My landlords do if I don't. Um, and she's and she has an oyster bed, I believe. Well, I'm going to introduce you to this company in Louisiana. They're military owned and they give back a ton to oyster research and oceanography and keeping the fish oh, and the shellfish and, and everything flourishing in our ocean waters. But this company is, that's how I do that Caribbean shrimp recipe. Is you get so it's you a get, propane burner like you get, make well no they just on? they just make the oil if you had a propane burner that you could set like a grill on that's flat right and yes. then this the oyster bed is exactly what it is it's a bed that has all these little slots in it that you put your oysters or your scallops or these Caribbean shrimp I put little quail breasts or duck breasts in there it, it mm. retains high heat up to eight hundred degrees and you can get unbelievable taste and flavor out of it so I'm gonna I'm gonna introduce you to that company and and then. And maybe you'll want to try one of their things out and support them. They're just great dudes. I and they love came up that. With- I'd be happy to use their oyster bed in the video. Um, yeah. That would be great. So, yeah. yeah. I'll, inter- I'll introduce you to them after this call, after this after this conversation. I love that. I love that. What, um, I got to ask you this, though. One recipe you did with a, a lady that has a very famous dad in my world. Do you like my shirt, by the way? Like, this is one the of my... Bi- yes, I do. This is one of my biggest regrets in life, Hannah Dasher. Um, I'm not a hoarder, but I am a collector of nostalgia that meant something to me, right? Well... That's why we love you. So and- my... Well, I love you too. And my dad... Like, this is, a, this is not vintage. But my dad had vintage Wayland shirts. And he had, like, a 1983 vintage George Dickel Merle Haggard, one of those old-style coats that you would 
just the the real thin jackets you'd get from where a, is a, it oh my gosh I, it, it just blows my mind that i when, when my dad passed away my mom kind of went in a funk obviously and just got rid of his stuff and i just look back on it like what were we thinking what were no. we she, she just didn't want to hang no. on to it she didn't want to hang no. on to it yeah you and know, i was just justin more you know his uh, tour manager jr i, I love jr well people throw stuff away all the time anyway somebody was throwing this big old picture up here away um several years ago music row they were cleaning out jesse culture and waylon jennings office anyway and that was a picture that was in it and it had such good energy he, he got, gifted me that but um but everybody that comes in, in the into this house they just uh they speak they, they're drawn to that picture and i am too i mean the house looked at it so you can't i don't know you gotta you gotta hang on to some of those things hell that's what i try to do with my music try to gotta hang on to the stuff you want that you you know it's going to be appreciated down the road we're going to get into your music and i know i love how you appreciate music and that's where i want to start this off with on the terms of music let's just have a little bit of a cordial argument or just opinionated talk real quick who is the best male vocalist of all time and i'm just talking voice like when you hear the mm. voice you go because there's a lot of people that get thrown into this mix and i i have my favorites but i'm just wondering i maybe you don't have to say who the best is because that's hard but who do you think is the like your all-time favorite where you had to go wow that's what country music should sound like and i know everybody's different but well I, it would have to be a tie for me between a couple of guys um, i'll never forget where i was the first time i heard chris stapleton's voice for the first time i literally stopped in my tracks in the middle of the road uh so his voice obviously does something for all of us but i had to think back on like ricky van shelton and uh or if you listen to rock and roll i would put uh jay buchanan of the rival sons in the same class with stapleton and celine dion and whitney houston uh probably wow. one of the better if you listen to rock and roll but uh yeah, i mean as far as a vocalist goes and i don't know i mean i think ricky van shelton's really great jim reeves was great I don't know. I mean, I, Ricky Van Shelton was probably one of the best. Stapleton's okay. great too. What about, about what about, let me throw some names at you to see if they're considered good vocalists by the great Hannah Dasher. Doug's, Doug Stone. Oh God, yeah. George Jones. I mean, George Jones is in the top five for me. So my, my top two of all time are Waylon. And then if I take Waylon away, it's tough to beat Merle Haggard with all around voice. Oh man, and it's, it's yeah. tough. It's tough to beat Don Williams, the gentle giant. I love, oh, love yeah. Don Williams, but my all time favorite, and you're probably going to look at me like I'm nuts, but Jamie Johnson, I think is, is oh. my favorite. Like, like what Stapleton's voice does 10. to you, like what Stapleton's voice does to you. When I hear Jamie, I just get stopped in my tracks. I just do. I love and, it. I love, well, I mean, as far as having a great voice, I mean, now, you know, I'm, I'm a bigger Waylon fan and a bigger Jamie Johnson fan than I am Stapleton. I love Stapleton, but, uh, and obviously Merle Haggard, I think, I mean, Merle Haggard does something. He just does something to me and to my Nana too. You get her talking about Merle Haggard, she'll pass out. But, uh, but I, I have to agree with you. Absolutely. But as far as just unique dynamic and range, you know, I think, I think those are all really great options. They're great. Let, let me ask you this then about, the the state of country music or the climate of country music in your opinion <laughs> when it comes to somebody like you mentioned rvs um i think he's amazing i think dwight yoakam's a genius i think dwight oh. yoakam his story and 
how he tried Nashville and said, I can't do it. So he went to Bakersfield and he got the Buck Owens thing going. He's a Kentucky boy. And then all of a sudden he's just like, like he's amazing to me. Right. I love his acting too, but I, I understand that things change and I understand evolution and I understand the transition from this style of music to this. And like Morgan's blowing things up right now. And two years ago it was Timberlake and, and, and Stapleton when they came off the award show and now Morgan and Hardy are doing some things, but it just seems to me like when you throw around names like Ricky Van Shelton, have these musicians been forgotten by country music? Has, has, has the king of country music even been forgotten by country music already? Like George Strait has over 60 number one hits. His voice is magic. He's considered the king, but is he gone? Like, uh, does country music forget about the legacy of who got you and these other people that are running the streets of the honky tonks now and touring and trying to build their careers? Did Have we forgotten about who got us there? Cause I see people like Al Dean bringing Tracy Lawrence out and I saw, and I see like Travis Tritz out with different people. I saw Clint Black just played with Cody Jinx and like Cody's like saying, thank you, Clint Black. You meant the world yeah. to me, but to country music also has this country music as a whole forget about these icons. Um, I think, uh, Absolutely. The contemporary scene is in which, you know, I, I try to remain ahead of the curve as well. But I think we uh, I think uh, the almighty dollar runs the show and uh, people people tend to latch on to what's hot, uh, what they're told to like, as opposed to going and digging and find it, finding it for themselves, with the exception of like your Tyler Childers or your Zach Bryan's, which is a new big cra- you know, craze. Uh, but I but again, I think a lot of that is uh if the right people put hype behind something, I think anything could take off uh, for the most part. But however, I, I really do feel like we're forgetting the greats. And, and I argue, you know, I wouldn't go into seminary if I didn't know my Bible. Uh, and so I, you know, I, I don't recommend going into country music if you don't know uh, who George Strait and Keith Whitley and Alan Jackson and, and people like that are. And, um, you know, they, they've had their time, and uh, I hope that those legends are are using their using their their pull to to lift up some other acts. But it's become so saturated. Don't you think if Alan Jackson knew me, that he would be such a big champion? You know. Anyway, his his camp is. I've sent like videos and stuff to them, but um, but I think there are so many other people who are vying, who were vying for that that tour spot, if you will, like a. Uh, who who don't necessarily who aren't country who wouldn't win over his audience but because they have a more powerful manager or because uh, they have the correct Spotify digital strategy down um, because it's a strategy then uh, you know those people tend to get more of the spotlight and those of us like the Cody Johnsons uh, you know the Dwight Yoakams or whatnot the, the people the John parties the folks that really appreciate country music uh, tend to get overshadowed. Um, I don't want to ramble, but I, no, but I, I, I love, I love where you're going with that I, because you really just... worry about the state of country music. I mean, I was at a label for four years here that, um, that argued with me that nineties country was not coming back. And I knew that it was, and, uh, I wanted steel guitar in my music. And, uh, because I knew that there was something about, you know, the nineties nostalgia in my sound with that fresh thing element that I added to it, that I knew would, would work. And, um, Anyhow, but and now we see this whole 90s kind of a vibe. I mean, these 90s acts, you mentioned Tracy Lawrence. Um, Alabama had one of their best grossing tour years the last couple of years. Uh, Diamond Rio had one of their best grossing tour years. 
since the 90s here recently, Travis Tritt's been on a wild tear. I mean, people, uh, uh, I don't think it's going to be forgotten. I'll, I'll end on that positive note. Well, I, I think, think it's cool are. that you, tr you that you ended with that because I'm a I'm a I, I'm a big time country music in the '90s. Like you talk about, like that '88, the Hat Pack '88 to like '91, and when Garth and AJ and Chestnut and 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 all of the uh, you know Tracy Lawrence, these guys were coming up. You know, Garth kind of went on a different route. He kind of like blew up, but there was still a lot of hype about AJ and chestnut was huge at the time and like it just seems like now chestnut goes out on a tour by himself i'm driving down a highway in oklahoma and i'm like mark chestnut and tracy bird are playing together and i didn't even know they were on tour and i'm like i should know that they're on tour but it's such a small a small part of of the country music scene when i i could listen to tracy bird's greatest hits and mark chestnut's greatest hits on repeat all the time but you also just brought up you also just brought up a great point about you know revitalization and like i had almost forgot about jody messina and now this song comes out with cole and it seems like jody has got this hype behind her again yeah. with with heads carolina tales california and those those songs were awesome in the 90s terry clark was unbelievable in my opinion in the 90s right and i and i think that your sound and what you're doing is not just paying homage to the great females of country music but the great males because you know Terry always did the great impersonations. She always had a guitar around her neck. She's a picker. You're an amazing guitar picker. You have a steel guitar in your band. Your lyrics are unapologetic. They're great lyrics that say who you are, but you're not kissing any ass. And I, and I often think about like, that was that movement of the nineties of like, Hey, country music is here to stay. I don't know if there's been a more important time in country music than the late, maybe 89 to <sighs> 90 I, I mean 89 to, to 2000 I, I think the 90s really went from like playing in front of 1500 people for Merle Haggard or 2000 to Garth selling out 15,000 seat basketball arenas I don't think that was being done a lot by the outlaws in the country music of no, the early Haggard 80s never sold, Merle Haggard never had a number one song I just learned this in the last month or so never had a number one Merle Haggard never uh, sold out arenas he played big shows with bigger acts at arenas, but he he never had never had a headlining tour. Um, but I think it's up to the new generation. I think it's up to us or the ones that are having the success, like your Hardys and your Cody Johnsons. I think it's up to them uh, uh, to embrace these uh, these legends and to make sure that they stay relevant. Because uh, with this new digital age, it is so hard. I mean, like it. I I can't imagine. Uh, Eric Church is not going to work an Instagram page. Alan Jackson is not going to work an Instagram page. Like there, you know, Waylon wouldn't have worked a damn Instagram page. Uh, I have to do it uh, against my will because that's you have to reinvent yourself to stay current and to stay present. And people are so glued to these devices right here that uh, if they're not hearing you on Spotify or YouTube and you're not being pushed into their face, this these younger generations. Uh, aren't really going to know about you. And um, I think that's why it's important to, like you mentioned, Dwight Yoakam uh, and Tom Petty, another great one, really, really reinvent themselves. I'm dabbling more in TV because I've been in town here for 10 years and I do have the music coming out, but uh, I'm working out with a trainer and I'm trying to take on a new shape and uh, you know, really grow into, I think, who I'm destined to be. But uh, I think there's a bunch of different avenues that aren't being utilized that I can use to my advantage. Dwight used TV. 
as well. And I think he needs to be in the Country Music Hall of Fame. I mean, he is undoubtedly one of the most talented people ever. But Dwight was so talented. I think he intimidated a lot of people here in town. And uh, he knew he knows what the hell he wants. And he's gotten a reputation of being an asshole. And, and I hate that because I think it should come down to the talent, not necessarily the nature of the person, because I think he's contributed so much to us and to our to our industry that he just he deserves that respect, you know. So do you think that with a reputation like that or not playing by the quote unquote or for lack of better terms, the the 16th and 17th Avenue music row rules? that you can get ostracized from country music? Because I, I feel like I've seen some acts in the last five to seven years get left behind because they weren't ready or they weren't willing to do things according to the par, you know, like they were going to be like, I, I guess outlaws kind of, but there are some outlaws that have made it. But, um, why is that the case? Why does it's just, do they get shunned down on if they don't play by the rules of that city, because I don't, I don't think that there's a lot of quote unquote country music on country music radio. Now the new country music, it doesn't sound country. You can't, you cannot do country music with a, a lot of tracks like it's being done today. And you can tell me all day long that it's neat that pop is crossed over and everybody can argue with me till they're blue in the face that, that Florida, Georgia line is country. And then a lot of the stuff that Kane Brown is doing is country. Now I think Kane Brown's got talent, but Kane Brown ain't country music to me. Now I don't, I, I understand that there's money in this game, but that to, that to me is disrespect for the, the for the space. I for get the fans, that. It is. It, it is. is. But like, it's come it's come down to the almighty dollar, and it's very very political. Um, and I feel I feel like I don't know if I get in trouble for saying this, but I feel like I'd be in this age. I'd be a lot farther along if I was a black girl right now. You know, not not to take away any glory or anything that has that has happened to great people like my friend, Brittany Spencer, my friend, Mickey Guyton, both very talented, um, you know, but I, but I feel like we have, you know, kind of pussyfooted around uh, the, the industry, pop culture, if you will. And I feel like we're celebrating the wrong things when I don't care who you are or what you look like or what your sexual orientation is, just put out great music. I don't care who you sleep with. You know what I mean? Like, uh, just I don't care what color your skin is. Just put out great music, and I, I, I think we've just forgotten to celebrate the song and the craft. And I think that's how it gets buried because we're too busy chasing after uh, what's going to make us look good if we're in favor of it, et cetera. And uh, but it's a double-edged sword with the, like the Dwight Yoakam thing. Um, I think he was so talented. I think he intimidated the hell out of people, and Nashville uh, slept on him. Uh, just like Chris Stapleton. Nashville slept on Chris Stapleton. It took Justin Timberlake, someone outside of town, to draw attention to him uh, because Chris's talent intimidated the hell out of the people around him. And, and, and it's a very competitive industry. I mean, and you're not going to shed light on him if you're representing another male artist or two. Does that make sense? 100%. No. So it took someone outside of town. And I believe that case, for me, it's going to take uh, somebody outside of Nashville to shed some light on me. Dwight, back to him, I think he came out of the ring in 1989, you mentioned. So with there was the Alan Jackson, Brooks and Dallas six to come out of the hatch. Garth Brooks came out of the hatch and Garth kind of dominated. And, uh, you know, he had so much success. He brought so many fans, new fans over to country music. Um, and Garth is arguably country and he's arguably not country to, to, some, to some country music fans. I was more of a, I mean, I've been to Garth 
you know, probably two or three times seen him live, but I'm a much bigger Alan Jackson, door straight, you know, Dwight Yoakam kind of, that's more my vibe, my thing. But I think that success really, really overshadowed a lot of uh, the talent that was coming out of the shoot, like your Ricky Van Shilton and stuff like that. So yeah, Dwight went into acting and, um, and he's a legend. So is it, is it, is it okay? I get, uh, let me figure out how to say this. If you come out in country music today and you run tracks and you have hip hop and I love hip hop, like I am a hip hop buff. Like I could go on, I could freestyle rap. I love rap. Okay. I'm not, I, bet you can. I, I, love, I love, I love hip hop. Like I can talk hip hop from East coast to Atlanta to West coast to Compton, whatever. But hip hop is hip hop. Hip hop is not country music. Now, there are people They're like not letting ne- George Strait, you know, co-host the BET Awards or the v- VH1 Awards, are they? No, they and it's me to do that. Can I say that? Yeah, I don't. You could say whatever you want, but I, all I'm saying is that is it okay? Because Willie has got some country to him, but Willie's got a cult following. Willie didn't play by the rules a lot, but he sang with Julio Iglesias. He sang with Ray Charles. He's done. He's 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 rapped with Snoop Dogg with Roll Me or uh, Smoke Me. Roll me up and smoke me when I die. So my, my question is, am I being ignorant to think that today's country music with all of the pop influence, all of the hip hop influence, the beats, I just don't remember somebody like Mark Chestnut or Alan Jackson or George Strait or even Garth with No Fences or In Pieces or The Rodeo came out on yeah. Rope in the Wind. Rope in the Wind in 1992, that blue and black shirt he had on. Come Ooh, on, that was girl. country shit yeah. with that black felt cowboy hat on. They didn't have the pop. They didn't have the tracks. They didn't have the, the, the rap in their songs. Is it okay to do that in country music and still be deemed country? That's my question is, I know that Willie sang with people that weren't considered country music, but... Is it okay to, 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 to take all of the tradition out of country music and do that much crossing over to make a dollar? I, I, I no, guess I don't know. Yes not. and no. That's a, that, that's a, that's a two part thing because uh, backtrack to uh, the early sixties in Nashville, when the Nashville sound was becoming popular, Patsy Cline went round and round with Owen Bradley because uh, he wanted to add a symphony to everything. And she thought, and that was pop. That was pop country, and she wanted to be Hank Williams, just as bad as I want to be Hank Williams Jr. Uh, but uh, in order to, in order to kind of you know be ahead of the curve, you've got to think ahead of the curve. And I think there's a way to wrap the pill in a little bit of cheese to get the dog to swallow the medicine, if you will. However, um, I think that it can come off really ingenuine when it's just so track heavy, and it's and the and the lyrics, uh, you know, when it's what when whatever is country about it is lost. I think there's got to be a country backbone and it always starts with a great lyric and it's, it's, it's got to feel country. In my opinion, I don't think there's anything wrong with having, I mean, hell Travis Tritt and the Kentucky headhunters were shunned just a little bit in the day because they were rock and roll. They were rock and roll country. And I mean, it, and I've caught a little flack uh, for being a little bit too rock and roll early on here in town in the last, I guess, five years. Cause I hung out with those Cadillac three guys and hell Jerry produced my first record that the label, you know, would never saw the light of day. It was a little too rock and roll, but you can bet your booty. I'm going to put out a rock and roll record eventually, but, uh, but it's going to be country. <laughs> I love. Cadillac so I think, 3. I think there's a way to branch. I think there's definitely a way to branch out. Um, wrote a song called the tree with Casey Bethard. I know you're a Bethard fan too. Uh, and, but it talks about that. Like it just, if you forget where the roots are, 
you know, you're going to kill the tree. You can, you can branch out, but you know, you, you can't branch out so far that it, that it kills the tree either. So, uh, I don't mind reinventing the wheel and embracing uh, new sounds and new. Uh, I mean, I mean, I love all kinds of music as well. Uh, but again, it, I do too. Uh, I do too. But I'm not. I don't want to. I don't want to go to uh, an Ice Cube and Snoop and Two Short concert and have Joe Diffie get up there, rest in peace, Joe Diffie, and sing Bubba Shot the Jukebox. I'm in a hip hop state of mind, and there's no crossover when you I go. Hear you. To that part of it, my yeah, question Harry Styles isn't going to put out a Merle Haggard tribute song. Here's yeah. another question. Here's another way to ask the question. I am 47 years old. I've been listening to country music you since I was out out of the womb. Okay, so look, I grew up on the greatest country music, in my opinion, in the in Ooh. the 80s and the 90s. Um, here I am today in my mid 40s, listening to Mark Chestnut. And listening, I just hung out with Tracy Lawrence for two shows two weeks ago. Talk about a sweetheart of a man. Him and his man, his tour manager, Tommy, took such good care of us. And to hear him sing those classics, I'm like, how many number one hits does this guy have? It's amazing to me. But I will be listening to Tracy Lawrence 20 years from now. My question to you, Hannah Damn Dasher, is this. Are there legacy catalogs, catalogs that will be a legacy being created in Nashville right now. I'm going to be listening to Chris Stapleton and Jamie Johnson in 20 years, but the stuff that's popular on country music radio, even the last decade, are we going to be sitting with your kids and my kids on a porch drinking sweet tea in Georgia someday going, man, I used to blow this up in 2022. This was the shit back then. I just don't see that happening in country well, music. Billy legacy. Said, well, we are, we are a generation that's listening to our parents' music mainly. Uh, you know, and, and our parents listened to their generation's music. So I think that's pretty telling. And if you look back at, look at architecture, uh, look how, how stuff's been really dumbed down. Look at hand, handwriting through the years. Look at, look at how everything has just kind of been watered down, watered down, watered down, watered down. Uh, look, at, look at child behavior, uh, human behavior. If you will, look at, look at our outfits. Hell, Conway Twitty bought, wore a suit and, you know, a, tux with tails and he had a symphony and they were all in white tuxes with tails when he came to town uh you know and now we've got boys wearing uh blue jeans and and flat brim hats to the award shows that used to be i mean i just i think i just think stuff kind of gets dumbed down and you know and and some of it is easy to go along with and i do and, and a lot of it is uh you know is not okay but i just there again i think it's up to it's up to us to uh to educate the younger people in our life, whether you've got kids or not, or your, you know, your friends, you know, your cousins. I mean, my, my cousins are uh, in middle school and high school and they are huge Hank Jr. fans because they were exposed to it. They like it better than what's out there. Okay. We're, you know? we're going we're gonna to end We're going to end on him before we go to you. Is he, is he 100% I don't even know how to ask this without using the word underrated because I know how rated he is, but he, when it comes to Southern rock and what him and Charlie Daniels did, when it comes to what his daddy did, when it comes to songwriting, musicianship, storytelling, um, voice, stage presence, underrated, uh, is he the most underrated country artist of all time? Yes. He's the best. 
He's he's the he's got to be one. Like here's what Jr. the handler and Justin Moore said when I they invited me on the Justin Moore podcast. And the last question they asked me said, "Chad, you're a music buff. What's your Mount Rushmore country music?" I said, "Jamie Johnson." I said, "Waylon." I said, "This." And they go, "Well, you're forgetting one person." I said, "Bo Cephas, huh?" And they said, "Bo Cephas floats above Mount Rushmore. He is the cloud above Mount Rushmore. That's number one. You can have your Mount Rushmore, but Hank is bigger than Mount Rushmore, according yes, to Jr. Yes. and Justin Moore." That's pretty freaking cool. Thanks. They- Thanks. Yes, I call JR my Merle Kilgore. I mean, that's why I wear rings with every finger. Hank's old manager, Merle Kilgore, had rings with every finger. But yes, baby, there is, Hank is, talk about reinventing himself. Uh, yes, he was born into, he was born into the business. He had, he had that upper hand, but he did something with it and multiplied it, you know, times a thousand. And I just, uh, I mean, he has influenced so many people. He's influenced Mark Chestnut. He's influenced, he's influencing me. Uh, he's influencing his son, Sam, who's a friend who is a, who is a totally different, uh, creating his own genre, if you will, of music. Uh, it's, it's not in the country vein. It's more of a, I don't know what you'd call it. It's his own thing. Um, but Hank is, uh, there's nobody like him. And one of the best songwriters, stylists, uh, I mean, it's, I don't know. He reminds me of a little bit of my daddy and the boys that I grew up with. But I think I think his uh, outspoken attitude about Southern culture and um, our way of life down here in Dixie, if you will, I think has there's a, a Hollywood or the media has painted a really negative picture, uh, just like uh, I guess NASCAR gets pinned to to just having these sideline redneck fans, if you will. And it's so much more than that too. I love my good old redneck people. Hell, I am a redneck. Um, but like, again, it's one of the classiest organizations that I've ever been a part of. Uh, and Hank is one of, Hank is an icon. He's one of the- Is he an uh, asshole? Uh, yeah, he can be. Yeah, he's, a, he's an old crotchety old man. So is he- If I grew up- No, I'm listening. So, if you grew up what? If I grew up like he did, uh, I mean, think about it. Like. Yeah, when 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 I was seven years old, I was uh, in elementary school and eating public lunch with and put at a public school, and you know I was a normal kid in the South, if you will. And when he was seven, he was getting piano lessons on a baby grand, beautiful white baby grand on Franklin Road, what in a mansion uh, from Jerry Lee Lewis. Um, yeah, so, with, I mean, he with just, little he, with little Richard sitting on the couch and Elvis singing background Price vocals. Ever. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and his mama, Lord rest her soul, I never met Miss Audrey. Uh, but I mean, she was a pistol from what I understand. She, you know, you straighten, you straighten your, your tie when she walked into the room. So, uh, but I just, uh, I don't, I think we got to give people a little bit more grace. All people. But, do you, but do you think he is deserving to be, because yeah. when you want, because I watch Hank <clears throat> two to three times a year, like, I don't care where he's playing. I'll, I'll, I'll fly to Argentina to watch Hank Williams right. Jr. play. Um, I love that. did, Look at that. Oh, look at Bo Cephas. Did I'm going to Bart, his guitar player, his lead player, Bart, played lead for me when he's not with Hank, because Hank hunts half the year, as you know. So, oh, yeah. but I, I've got this bar. I'm bringing this to rehearsal. The Rich White Honky Blues thing. That is so awesome. Nashville. Hilarious. Do you think his attitude is spawned from the, the respect he has received from the music industry? Because he truly is an icon. He's one of the, he is, if not the greatest of all time. Now, look, I love Jamie Johnson's voice is my voice, but, but you cannot beat Bo Cephas's catalog. And you can't beat Hank's catalog. You just can't. If I hear outlaw woman, if I hear outlaw women, 
I will lose my mind. If I hear dinosaur, I, I will lose my mind. If I hear all in Alabama, Odeed in Denver, all in Alabama, the weatherman, like I could go, like every song the dude is, I know he's famous for Monday Night Football and Country Boy Can Survive and All My Rowdy Friends Have Settled Down. Those are great songs. And All My Rowdy Friends is one of the most creative things because when you listen to that song now at my age, I'm sitting here going, I'm the only one of us that's still rowdy. And I'm sitting there going, that song was written 40 years ago about George Jones and all of these friends that Hank used to hit the, the bars in the nightlife with. They're ODing on the bus after his show in Denver. And now he's sitting there going, everything changes. Nothing stays the same. That's the only thing that you can guarantee in life is that, the, the thing, and that's what that song teaches me. But I just, I'm glad that you, that you have such a relationship with his daughter because I think that that mentality that you have with that family and that career and that library and that iconish value of what Hanks Jr. is, Bocephus is, just to have that name Bocephus is unbelievable. But that is what's going to make you shine. That's what's going to rise above the top, in my opinion. The cream will rise, Hannah, in my opinion, in this music career, moving on to your music career. Because one thing that I've asked some um, other artists that have been on my show is if I have a room, if I have a, a, a pool party here with 200 people at it and I play Brent Cobb and every single one of those 200 people comes up to me and goes, that's some of the best shit I've ever heard. Who is that? Oh, that's a song that he wrote for uh, Luke Bryan. That's called Tailgate Blues. Oh, th that's a song that he wrote with Stapleton. Oh, that one he wrote with Luke Combs. Oh, that one he wrote with Rob Snyder. That one he wrote with Adam Hood. That one he wrote with Luke Bryan. That one he wrote with uh, Tim, yeah. I mean, uh, Rob, Rob Montana. I'm like, He's one of the greatest. But if, if all of this consensus says he's awesome, why can't the consensus in Music Row say he's awesome? My question to you is because of this. When I play your library, it's the same freaking reaction. When I take people to your shows or to your showcasings or to your rounds or whatever you're doing in Nashville, it's the same reaction. When you played the late, great Keith Whitley's tribute a, a month and a half ago when I was there at the Nashville Palace, thank you, Mr. Barrett Hobbs, for allowing us to be there. Hey. You and Daryl Worley stole the show. I know that Lori was there, and I know that Jody, or not Jody Messini, but uh, Dana, Carter. Car Dana Carter got up there and did Strawberry Wine, which is another iconic song. But why can't our consensus be corrected if we're sitting there going, every song Hannah sings is freaking Radio Gold. Why isn't it Radio Gold? Well, it's funny you just, you mentioned that. I uh, I had drinks, uh, and I literally just got a message from, uh, I guess, the guy from uh, Outlaw Radio, who's over Outlaw Radio here recently. We were at Hank's album release party with Dan Auerbach. If y'all, listeners, if you haven't heard Hank's new record, Rich White Honky Blues, he is, uh, he's given himself a blues name, uh, uh, and it's amazing. Anyhow, but the record's great, but I met with the guy who's over Outlaw Radio in Sirius XM, and he's like, the first question was, he says, where have you been and why has no one told me about you? And I think that just speaks of how competitive this town is. You know, when you get in the presence of when managers and label people uh, get in the presence of these guys, they have one mission and it's for whatever artists or artists they're representing. And uh, uh, I just, uh, I don't know. I think it's so competitive. Uh, you don't want them to know about this great house that's for sale over there that might be more affordable than yours because, you know, they want to sell you what they've got in hand. If that makes sense, Does that makes sense. It's, <clears throat> it's so competitive. It's house of cards. And so, uh, anyhow, but I think uh, that it's this, I think that it's this and I don't want you to lose your track of. No, speaking. don't please. I'm, I'm rambling. I'm a pretty fair critic. And there's not a lot of female music coming out of Nashville right now that rocks my boat. And I'm not being Fine. mean. 
I'm not being mean, but when I hear Ashley, she'll she'll mess me up a little bit Love with her, her songwriting. Voice. She Love rips, okay? But it's Love. few and far between for me. Now, look, I'm not saying that they're not talented or that they're not trained in classic vocal. I'm not saying that they weren't on a, a piano recital and that they've earned what they've got. I'm not saying that. I don't care. All I'm saying is that when a guy hears your music, they get moved because they're like, holy shit, that's like some outlaw shit. Oh, that's country as hell. I've been there. That was me in that, at that football field on Friday nights. You put me in a place where guys want to go. And I think that that is an issue for people that they don't know how to respond to that because there are people that can like, let's just, you know, I'm not going to name any names, but there are people in my industry that are shunned down upon because they're females, because mm -hmm. a lot of these companies go, well, there's just not that many female hunters. There's just not that many females buying guns. There's just not that many females that get up at four in the morning to put on waders and go duck hunting. But that's not the point. The point is, is that if the woman has the right message and the right platform and the right approach and the right ideology and the right mindset, most importantly, the right, right mindset, she can attract men into that circle and be like, now we're really a family. This is really country music. This is really the outdoors because now men and women are doing it, not because of your ideology that she can't, she's not going to do, sell enough guns because there's not enough women hunters. Our job is to get men to be so good with the women that are in the sport that other women are going to be like, oh, wow, that's awesome. I want to get in there. We're accepted into it. So your music she does that. Your music brings men into this circle of like, Damn. So like when I watch other songwriters that are watching you sing or when I'm in, cause I'm around a lot of artists. So when I mention your name, they're like that BI, they call you that. That's a bad, like that chick is a bad, like they love you. So you have the respect from your peers. You have the attitude, you have the right amount of ego, but most importantly, you have the song. And what my question always is if everybody that hears it, loves it, why in the hell does it have to stay quote unquote hidden or secret or underground or whatever? Okay. That's all there is to it. Because it's it comes, because it comes down to gatekeepers. So, uh, like I'm trying to, uh, uh, my next goal is to, is to get on XM. Well, actually I've got to record the new music, which I'm so excited. We're actually, we are recording it right now, but as soon as that, that gets finished, it's, it's expensive. If you know, a uh, find a money tree, let me know. But, um, but as soon as that, the, the whole damn record project is finished, then that's when you take it and shop it. And um, I think the uh, the piece of the pie, it's, it's a it's a male-driven industry, and I love that. I don't complain about that one bit because I consider myself one of the boys, just like uh, Miss Anna. Uh, she's one of the boys. She can hang. She is good enough. She's talented enough to hang. Uh, and that's and, a threat. And, and, and that is a threat to all the other people over here who, and, and their teens who are married to their female artists. And, uh, and it's, uh, it's just girls are mean and they're mean to other girls. Like I don't have any girlfriends in this industry, not because I haven't tried to, but, uh, you know, I've opened one show for Ashley McBride and she's not having me back. Um, because the front two rows have been coming to all my shows and I love them to pieces. And that's how I got my dear assistant Biddy, who you, who you've met. Um, uh, I, she didn't like the reaction that I got from her fans. Um, but uh that's so sad though because because you and her could go on a, a oh freaking my Lord, unbelievable it'd be so tour. fun it'd be you so fun you know I, I i'd love to do i mean she came on my bus at the country fest last year and smoked a pack of cigarettes with me and him and home talked about taking me back out with her and i said i'd love to you know but that that comes down to you is she okay yeah. is she okay i heard that something happened after her me. fall as far as i know she's good i did i texted and checked checked on her a few weeks ago and uh and she's looking great she's you know 
she's uh, trimmed down and uh, she's she's looking great. But I mm-hmm. and, and I do I wish her all the best. But there's a reason Skinner got kicked off the Rolling Stones tour. You know, I think it uh, it is a it is a competition, and when you get out there, you've got to win over a crowd. Isn't it amazing? Um, how, isn't it amazing how jealousy and envy can f up every single thing that man, can be awesome? Man, it, it is. It From is, friendships you know to relationships, it's a cra- it's crazy to me. It is, but you know what? Uh, had I received uh, success or fame, if you will, uh, sooner, I I know that that I would not be ready for that uh, or mentally, if you will. And I just think this, uh, this incubation period, you know, to me, it's a gunfight and I'm just loading my pistol. That's what I'm telling some fans today online, where's the new music coming? Not a lot of law. Um, but I've been loading my gun for the gunfight. And in this whole quarantine process, God has really worked on me and he's really, he's really humbled me. Uh, but it's just, honestly, this whole thing that I call a career, a dream, a goal. It, it ain't about me, but my job here as an entertainer is to leave people in a better place than I found them, Chad. Whether it's on a TikTok video, singing some goofy song, or whether it's singing one of my songs or ripping a ZZ Top solo or something that show, you know, it's my job to entertain you and to leave you in a better place than I found you. And so that whole mindset has really just uh, just opened me up to uh, and made me more sensitive to more opportunities that are out there. And I'm going to do this thing. But uh, again, I'm just having to be kinder to the folks that aren't kind to me and give them grace because, uh, you know, you're always going to pass one another coming up and down the ladder, you know, so I'm not going anywhere. Oh, I know you're not. And I can't wait for the day that 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 those people that are being left in a better spot because of your presence and your song and your lyric and the way you treat them. I can't wait till it's stadium crowds and that you are getting the respect that you deserve in the music world because you could go to TV and you could do whatever you want. That's cool with me. I That's fine. I'll support that. But those songs need to be heard. And when people hear them, they feel better than when they didn't hear them. So right. there's something to be said about the gunfight and loading the gun and, 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 and the maturity process. Because I went through it, you know, getting hmm. success at a younger age in my young 30s and then seeing what comes with that and the mistakes I made and mm-hmm. the maturity that I needed and the guidance and the spirituality that I needed. And, and, and but look at the out. empire you built though. Look at the empire that you built. And it's, and it's, it's because I, I, and I really credit this that I, I and, and, and I hope he hears this. I met a guy in Nashville named Leith Lofton and Leith's, Leith's presence in anybody's life, whether he ever got famous or not, he is like the Jerry Reed to my soul. Like when I hear, oh. when I hear Leith pick, or I hear him talk, or I taste his mama's tomato gravy on a biscuit when I'm down Woo! in Mississippi. Whenever that made that made me realize that success is only is, is is what you make of it. If you treat people like shit, or you step on somebody to get somewhere higher, or if you don't follow through on your word, or if you don't go into a crowd wanting to talk to your fans or talk to people at a party like they're just normal people and you separate yourself because of anxiety or you separate yourself because you don't know if you're accepted because of your success. There's all these things that went through my head. Success is hard to take in a lot of ways. Leith Lofton taught me all of these values that when you sit back and my dad and mom did too, but once my dad was gone and I started to get success, I started to get a big head. I started to get a big ego. I started to think that I was freaking bigger than the industry or bigger than the duck. And I'm, I had to be grounded. I had to be like what you just said. You have to go through some humility, but the messaging of Leith Lofton and that Southern influence, I call it. If you'd never been to the South and had that influence on you, like Adam Hood 
just put out a new a, a new record called Speed of the South. Yeah. It's genius. And it makes you think because out here, we don't live like that. We don't. We don't. Ask Anna. She's been living here for two and a half months. She's from where you're at in Georgia. She's like, this is way different than what, how we grew up. I don't, I don't, we don't live like this. So when you go to the South and you get that sphere of influence and, and what Leith Lofton taught me, I went through the same thing you're doing. And now hopefully I can leave people feeling better or the things I touch in a better place. Right. And I think that that maturity level is a very keen insight by you of saying, look, I'm ready now. Now, when I do get it, I'm not going to F it up because you don't want to be, you don't want to finally get that opportunity and be like, oh shit, I just pissed that away. And that's what I very easily could have did with the way I was acting when I first started to see success with these brands. And now I want to freaking maybe rebuild every bridge I ever burnt, which is hard to do. It's hard to do. Don't we all, don't we all? I mean, I think, I think that there's only so much that you can do. And, uh, and there isn't anybody that I know of that I've double crossed that I haven't reached out to, to say, Hey, can we bury this hatchet? You know, Hey, can I make this right? If you will. But I think, that's up to them to make that decision. All that to say, uh, you know, Leith is a great guy. I'm glad you mentioned him. He's absolutely hilarious. He's precious. Y'all check him out when you can, Leith Lofton. But uh, I just think this industry is really, really competitive. And I think uh, people like you and I, these alpha personalities who are born knowing what we want to do and 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 uh, and and being good at our craft are often really misunderstood. Eric Church wrote a, you know, Bethard wrote a song about that too, Mr. Misunderstood. And, uh, Geni- you know, genius uh, song. You know, and I think maybe we rub people the wrong way sometimes unintentionally, but I, I don't, I can't get bogged down and worrying about that kind of stuff anymore because, you know, if you don't have any haters, you ain't really doing it right anyway, you yeah. know, but I think all we can do is just, uh, try to, you know, create a product, uh, you know, fruits of our labor that are going to, like you said, leave people <clears throat> better off and entertain them. And, uh, Hell, I've got, I'm going to whoop your redneck ass coming out on this new project as well as uh, Ugly Houses. I got a Jesus song will on it, there. Too. Will, it be on vi- will it be on vinyl? Please say yes. Um, absolutely. If you can find me a backer to help me get that, that press. Woo, God. Oh, we, yeah. we can talk about all that. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell the, this listening audience right here at This Life Ain't For Everybody. You're going to love the cover, though. It's, uh, I, I, I'll tell you what it is afterwards, but it's paying homage to one of our heroes that we've talked about, too. I've got a whole outfit, one of my suits. It's going to look great. So I cannot wait. I'm fired up. Jack Daniels presents this podcast. I just got back from Sturgis. I'm talking to y'all out there. Sturgis is unbelievable. I didn't see one fist fight in five days. You think you get this bike? You think about the biker mentality, like they're all evil and they're all, they're all ready to throw down. I know that stuff goes on in the biker world, but Sturgis, South Dakota, the rally, Deadwood, Custer, Mount Rushmore, dying to go out there. Crazy horse. All of the area. This country's beautiful. Thank you, Jack Daniels, for being the presenting sponsor of This Life Ain't For Everybody. Hannah Dasher Thank you, Jack enjoys Daniels. a whiskey once in a while with I me. Do. My, I do. My jack's getting low now. I've got that uh, small I better send some. I better send Eric some out. Me. Look at that. There's my Eric Church, my chief badge. I'm getting low now. All right. Yeah, I'll send, send some more. Some. Reba sent me that when we were on the road earlier this year with her. That four roses. That'll put hair on the chest. Anyway, and my good <laughs> buddy Dylan and Dylan Carmichael. You know, Jim Beams, uh, we can't say the J word anyway, but uh, anyway, I'm a, I'm, I'm a Jack Daniels girl. But y'all check out Dylan and his music. When you oh, Dylan Carmichael's so- genius. He's been on the show in the last couple of weeks. And that He's song, so- that, that, song uh, that that song, uh, Sawn Logs, is one of the coolest songs I've ever heard in my life. I love uh, that song. Marble and, uh, and Bryce Long, I love that. I've got one with uh, Wynn. Barbell, it'll also be on my project. I'm the one that taught him that thing you like. 
Oh, oh. <laughs> that's, that's probably good. But I, I like that. Speaking of Kentucky or Dylan and Kentucky and Brent Cobb, I've got a playing Manchester Music Festival coming up uh, September the second. Brent Cobb will be doing that. I think Mike and the Moon Pies, Blackstone Cherry, and your girl here, Hannah Dasha, will be doing that. And then we're headed out west for a Hot Country Music Fest. With uh, Cole Swindell. Yep, yep, yep. Matt Sell at uh, Farm Jam, I believe it is. But uh, they are hungry, hungry for country music out there, man. They really, really are. So, um, but yeah, I uh, well, go yeah, see Hannah Dasha live. She has been named Music Row's next big thing for 2022. Like you heard the lady herself say, she's putting final touches on a brand new project, a brand new album. We're going to talk about vinyl. She's going to tell me what the cover is going to look like, and. She's going to be singing the national anthem at the world-famous Bridgestone Arena on Broadway, the arena where all of these concerts and award shows yeah. take place. I've seen some amazing the shows. Friday, the, yeah. the professional bull riders, their new format, the team format. I was lucky enough to be in Kansas City with Lenny Foray and the entire Bad Boy Mower Company, Outlaw Snacks. They are the new owners of the Kansas City Outlaws, and I love the new format. Thank you to Lenny and Bad Boy Mower for the experience. Thank you, Mr. Phil. But Hannah's going to be singing... The national anthem. Yeah, but she yes, also she also sings these songs. Uh, her new ones, 1990s heartbreak. This is a very clever and witty song because it puts me in the state of like that's how we used to break up. We didn't get to used to just get on a phone and go, oh wow, he's over me or she's over me already. What are they doing? Let's keep following them and spying. No, we had to sit in loneliness. We had to make a mixtape. We had to go up in our rooms and get creative or listen to the hot nine at nine and try to record right it on our out. cassette recorder. We had to do things to get over heartache and breakup that were different to, in the 90s than they are today. Now you can just go on Tinder and get a hookup in the next 15 minutes before you at least gave yourself a little bit of time to be in sorrow and getting deep in your thoughts, right? And getting with your feelings. So this song is unbelievable. Girls Call the Shots, You're Gonna Love Me. Unbelievable song, You're Gonna Love Me. That song's amazing. The Tree, Leave This Bar. She's toured with Reba. Reba has an unbelievable catalog of music. And you talk about an icon in acting and sitcoms and country music and voice oh, and her yeah. story, how she was discovered at singing the national anthem at the Houston rodeo. Uh, well, she Hannah, was. Hannah, you've done it. You gotta, you gotta understand this woman is a different breed, a different cat. That's why we can have conversations about. She loves bull testicles. She loves, <laughs> loves more than you do. Apparently. Really? Yeah. And, and now since I've played those shows with her, she's going, uh, she's going to my wig guy too, which I love. But, uh, but if, I don't know when this will air, but uh, the PBR that's this weekend in Nashville, if, if your listeners want to come, they can get 40% off their ticket if they use code Dasher um, at the checkout. They can use my name and get 40% off their ticket. Uh, you heard it this weekend. Nashville, Tennessee, Music City, the PBR. USA. The PBR, right. the Professional Bull Riders Tour. Um, I don't know if there's a greater athlete in the entire world than a Brahma Bull that bucks. Four <laughs> feet off the ground spinning at a rate that you can barely hang on. And then you got these athletes that weigh about a buck 35 soaking wearing, oh, yeah, they're wearing boots. Like my boy, Chase Outlaw, he's on he's on a team. I'm not going to mention because I know that we're talking about the KC Outlaws, but Chase Outlaw is taking <laughs> second in the world with the PBR. He, I, I was just with him in Kansas City. He can't weigh 140 pounds, and he's on a 2,000-pound animal that will jump four feet in the air while spinning both directions. A bull is the greatest athlete in the world. I'm not getting on one of them. You can't pay How? me enough what, to get uh, what, on what one. What do they weigh? What, 1,200 pounds to 2,000 well, pounds? Yeah, somewhere. Bull? Yeah, depending on what breeder it is. Yeah, they'll get up to 2,000 pounds. It yeah, ain't happening. Crazy. That last crazy bull rider, well, one of them I had a, a Cody. Oh, what's his face? Just broke his hip. Uh, 
Cody, Cody, Cody. Anyhow, but drank me uh, out of my good, uh, my some of my good li- good liquor. Anyway, but uh, it didn't take you much to get buzzed. Though. They're not very big. <laughs> <laughs> they're not. They're not big. But guys like Jesse Lockwood, a lot of these Brazilians, the late great Lane Frost. Mm-hmm. I've had Mister Tough Heatem in one of my bull riding legends on here. Jim Sharp. There's there's there Ty Murray. I mean, a nine time all around world champion in the PRCA. The thing that these guys did on bulls and, and saddle bronc and bareback and the calf ropers and the bulldoggers and the female barrel racers, you go to a rodeo, that's America. It's getting Western out there. Hannah Dasher is going to be singing the national anthem, our coveted national anthem at the Bridgestone Arena this coming weekend. You're going to see her singing it. Go see her live. She gave you some dates out west at Country Jam, Manchester Music Festival. She's going to be with BC, my man Brent Cobb, one of the greatest, in my opinion, songwriters of the oh. last decade. He's amazing. Insane. I, I, if you're a, if you're a songwriter, a singer songwriter in Nashville, you're waiting in line to get in the room with Brent Cobb. That's my opinion. He's uh he's not easy to get in the room with. Brent Cobb, thank you for doing everything you do. Hannah, thanks for being here, my sister. Chatty bug, thank you. I love you. The foul life, the provider life. Thank y'all. I'm having a ball cooking these wonderful uh, country music wild game infused recipes. So thank you for having me on, and I'm tickled to get the new stuff out to you. I love it. What song should we go out with? You name it. What do you want to go out with? You can do You're Gonna Love Me since you've already got it. All right. We're going to go out with Hannah Dasher. You're going to love me. This song gets me fired up. Check out her entire catalog on all of your streaming service is Pandora and Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube. Go check out a live show. You will not regret it. This girl rips the guitar. You are a national spokesperson for an unbelievable, iconic guitar company. Let's go out with this. Like, this Fender. is no joke. You play a Fender, which my daddy had a, a, a Fender Fabicaster. Is that how you say it? That, how do you pronounce it? It's a Stratocaster. Stratocaster, I'm sorry. Uh, yep. Pearl white, beautiful guitar. Got stolen wow. from him. Got stolen from him. Oh, that pissed me off when that guitar got uh-uh. stolen. But go check it. out Hannah Dasher, Rip Offender. I'm serious. I love it. Like, Thank amazing. you, Fender. Thank, Thank you, you Hannah Reimer. Dasher, for you being here. We're going out with Hannah Dasher. You're going to love me. Thank you all for listening. If you hate driving through Atlanta Sometimes when you pray If your accent gets thicker After cocktail number three If that's you You're gonna